0: From their secret mountain lair somewhere in Colorado, this is the Image Doctor's Photography Podcast with your hosts, Jason O'Dell and Rick Walker. Hey everyone, it's time for the Image Doctor's Photography Podcast. I'm Jason O'Dell. And I'm Rick Walker. Good to be here with you. Good to be with you, Rick. waiting for spring (laughs) it's still cold (laughs) and windy uh i look outside in colorado weather to you (laughs) oh i know hey the grass is actually getting green which is early for this time of year it's because we had a little freakishly weird weather um yeah which is the new normal i'm I'm apparent uh, uh around here anyway anyhow but it's fun and it's it's nice to have sunshine past four o'clock in the evening so that part mm-hmm. is good so anyway I'll, I'll take the half full approach on it and that in another month we'll we'll have summer <laughs> so yeah. anyway um a couple of new things for this week because we uh you know we'll spend most of our time discussing the um the firmware 2.0 for the z9 that got announced just just this week so we might as well talk about it since it's it's fresh but before that um you got a new camera that you've been I eyeballing went, I, for a while, so yeah,
1: I went ahead and and got the OM one Olympus OM one body, and the idea will be I'll get rid of the older Olympus bodies I had, right. and um, so I've had it for I guess about a a week, a little bit less than a week, um, and it is impressive. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it today. We might talk mm-hmm. more about it on a different in a different episode. But it's far more of an upgrade than I expected. It doesn't feel like a glossed over camera. It feels very much like a new one to the point where if you're an existing Olympus owner and you're really hoping that it's going to be very similar and therefore very familiar, you might be a little bit surprised. It It, it feels like a different brand. Um, performs much quicker and then it's got all the subject recognition features in there mm-hmm. so and the viewfinder is awesome you know so much better than the the previous ones i had mm-hmm. it, it's very nice period compared to anything
0: well i know that the viewfinder was something that you you know really that you're I had, picky about i'll was, just say it it's was, important it's, a, it's an important feature If you if you don't know what else is out there, you might think your viewfinder is okay, and then you see other cameras and you realize there's some really good. The difference in viewfinder quality and mirrorless cameras is a non-trivial thing.
1: Yeah, and it wasn't a resolution.
0: It wasn't a resolution issue. issue. It was
1: dynamic range. If you were in Mm -hmm. contrasty lighting situations, the bright areas would just be blown out, and you couldn't see detail in them. And similarly, the dark ones were just mm-hmm. too dark. And it was fine if the lighting was low contrast and stuff; it was fine to use. But boy, did it fall apart in the mm-hmm. the harsher conditions. Yeah, but I think too many people.
0: Uh, I think too many people get hung up on EVF resolution, and what they yeah. should be looking at is those other features, like the like, like you say, the dynamic range, the tones, the color, and the refresh rate, which is something that we'll discuss. Yeah. Too, because slow those old ones, you know. I have an old, I have an old Fuji, EM something that I bought used because it's a infrared camera. Oh my gosh, you know it. it looks like I'm watching a rotoscope or something. You know, it's just like (laughs) it's it's so just jerky when you when you pan. It's not good at all, especially in lower light. Um, Yeah, they've come a long way.
1: And I took it out to the zoo and and tried out the subject recognition. Um features on zoo animals that worked well. I, I think it's going to be really nice. I'm impressed with it so far. I do think it needs a fine tuning firmware drop soon. You know, there's just some little things that need to be cleaned up, mm-hmm. but they, they seem to be in that category rather than, you know, big wholesale things. So, so far impressed. We'll talk more about it after I have a little bit more mm-hmm. time with it. Cause I may
0: figure out a solution to some of the things that are bothering me a little bit but well, overall we, it seems great and as we talked about last week i mean that's the system that's truly small so yeah. if you're looking for that those features that some of the big boys have but you want that smaller form factor which cannot be understated that's an important thing <laughs> mm-hmm. this is all good stuff because yep you was know, it's nice to have that option now speaking of firmware you mentioned that it would be great if the om1 had a little tweak but the z9 is getting a massive firmware update you know so much so that they they're calling it 2.0 which is which is kind of crazy considering the camera just came out at the end of last year and they had one small you know you know one of the minor firmwares you know one point whatever you know like 1.1 or whatever whatever they called it so to go immediately to something they're calling 2.0 really suggests that it's a a big overhaul and and this is where we're in the realm of um, it sounds good on paper, but we don't necessarily know all the details. And a lot of camera manufacturers seem to have this habit of leaving out little details and stuff and caveats. So we're going to take some of this with a grain of salt, but it all looks good on paper.
1: I'll just make, make one little comment that I should have made earlier. Um, And and this isn't made to help bolster sales of your Z nine book, but I, you know, maybe it will, but, (laughs) <laughs> My gosh, the camera companies are just doing a horrible job describing how these very sophisticated autofocus systems, you know, the ones with mm-hmm. subject recognition, really work. There is so much information left out, oh, so I... many really important nuances. They're not described at all in the instruction manuals. Right? They don't produce videos that describe them. It's up to people like you doing it with the Z nine and others
0: attempting
1: mm-hmm. to do it with some other cameras to fill in the gaps. But even that is a lot of reverse engineering, but well, and I'll tell you gosh, something. why can't they come up with training materials? I, it's just shocking, y- you know, and
0: it's not just Nikon. It's everybody. No, no, no. It's all of them. I mean, it's, all of it's, them. um, you know, some of the, well, I'll put it this way, <laughs> you know, as, you you mentioned my z9 guide but here's the funny part a lot of what started off in my z9 a lot of what was in my z9 guide got its start i was writing this stuff up at one point in um i kid you not like 2015 i was writing this um originally when the d500 came out and i realized there was just too much nuance i couldn't write a bird book on every Nikon camera, because every camera works differently. I mean, Mm -hmm. at least when it comes down to how the autofocus can be customized and how it Mm -hmm. behaves, you know, and, you know, there's some cameras that have certain autofocus modes and patterns that, that others don't. So how do you do that? So I ended up having an opportunity with the Z9 because I guess, okay, here's one camera. (laughs) I'm only going to focus on it. Um, But you know what, Rick? I mean, I spent months figuring out how the I spent two months to make sure I knew what I was talking about I'm still not you know I'm still I'm 99 convinced that I know how it works but even then there's there are certain use cases that I have not been able to test partly because you know it's winter in Colorado so I don't have auto races to go to and try the you know certain tracking modes right but I mean I've had to do a lot of trial and error and 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 hope that it's consistent so i can say yes this is how you know custom setting a4 behaves and this is how you should set it and it's really hard to make those recommendations without any kind of foundation other than a one-line description in the in the user guide right you know yeah
1: i'll say it a different way because i've had a chance to use i think all of the current subject recognition based autofocus systems you know and they're Latest incarnations, not so much the Z nine. You know, I, I held it once.
0: <laughs> well, you, you can always it. borrow it. I mean, it's I know it's but a fine you know, camera. <laughs> I can,
1: my brain can only hold so much right, information. Right. But the thing I would say is these systems are so complex and sophisticated that if you really don't know what's going on, you'd think the camera went psycho at times. Yes,
0: especially you know with mean? subject recognition. Yes, because you're pointing at one thing and the next thing you know your af point is you know halfway across the frame where did it go that's but not always but, but not always but it, right and it's normal in some cases or, or or is it getting fooled and and you know with all things right they can get fooled but let's talk about what nikon yep. has put out in this firmware 2.0 and i'm going to start right off the bat by saying i'm looking at these and both of us are looking at these from the still photography side. So let's, before we get into that, which we can discuss, let's just mention that there's a huge side of video upgrades that I'm sure the video people will just be loving. Um, The biggest thing is that you can capture 12 bit raw video in the camera directly to a card without having to have any sort of third party interface recorder. And that's uh, wonderful. That is a huge feature that cannot be understated if you're in yeah. the video, you know, to be able to capture direct to card. And then part with this is that they've introduced a new raw 12 bit format uh, capture format, which Nikon is calling RAW for whatever, whatever. OK, I don't know enough <laughs> about these formats, but they claim that it's 50 percent smaller Um, but it's still a 12 bit raw file. So it's some kind of, it is like the video equivalent apparently of the high efficiency raw format that debuted in the Z nine, which I love. I love the high efficiency raw format because frankly, um, I'm not seeing any major downside to the higher quality version of that, except I get half the file size and that's a good thing. And especially with video, when you're trying to record to, to memory cards and stuff, uh, you start needing very large memory cards if you're going to be recording long chunks of video so these are all good things um they've done some things to the display for recording and they've actually they've included um finer iso adjustments so you can do one sixth stop iso adjustments which i guess is for videographers a good thing because you want you want your exposure to be balanced um all kinds of stuff there on the video side Forms. yeah yeah um you know, improving focus, whatever. But again, this is a photography podcast, not a videography podcast. So let's talk about the photography updates. And we're going to kind of go in the order in which Nikon uh, published them on the their website. But um, a lot of these things are quite good, but some of them are more killer than others. And some of them will be remain to be seen how they actually get implemented. So the first one that they talk about is this thing that Olympus actually has. Because uh, mm-hmm. you mentioned it, it's that pre-release or pro capture feature. Olympus calls it pro capture. Nikon's calling it pre-release capture, in which the camera is actually recording essentially high-speed video as soon as you press down the half-press the the shutter, and then it continue, and then and then when you press the shutter down, it, it takes photos. So you get a stream of stuff prior to capture, um, which in theory, is a really good thing. This is actually kind of funny. This is like, um, you know, we were talking about iPhones last week. Mm -hmm. If you've ever used the live photo mode on the iPhone, it's really capturing video for about a second and a half. You think you're taking a still, but really there's video there. It's the same idea. You're capturing video and, and then you're telling the camera to capture a sequence of stills. And then you can look through the frames from before you press the button. And that's huge if you're doing action stuff right i mean cuz your reflexes your anticipation you know the bird's going to jump off a perch you know the batter's going to hit the the ball but maybe you just timed it wrong right so this is a huge thing um my disappointment <laughs> with this feature is that it's the way that they've implemented it it's only available in the two highest speed lower resolution capture modes the 30 and 120 frames per second which only capture jpegs hmm. So if you're only shooting JPEGs in these two higher speed modes, you can do this. And those speeds are 30 and 120 frames per second. And I think they have come with a resolution hit um, as well. I can't remember. Um, so you can't do this with RAW like your Olympus will. Um, yeah. And, and you know, and and I don't need 30 frames a second. Mostly. Now, that's a video thing, right? Probably, probably because there's video DNA happening in there. Um, to do it but i would have loved to see this with a 10 or 15 frames a second and and get a few extra frames prior to me pressing the button maybe we'll see that someday um so that one is kind of like much ado yeah, about it Seems
1: like the opportunity for them would be if there's just too much data because of the sensor yeah, resolution right. and frames per second take the frames per second down
0: yeah and and that you'd probably you be fine th- with 15 frames per second oh gosh at least i at 12. would yeah, yeah. For some of the stuff, yeah, like um, for a
1: bird that's about to take off.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, for that that kind of thing, it w- it would make sense. Um, and obviously, you need faster memory cards and all those other things that that apply. So, you know, I can understand sort of why this was implemented that way, but it has room for improvement. I'll say it, <laughs> it does. So, yeah. it, it it's uh, it's not as cool as what I think the the really killer feature is going to be which is the, being able to user customize an autofocus area like group focus and not being limited, I think, to the canned patterns, you know, the square, the box, the big box, right. the little box. So you can make a strip, you can make a vertical strip. And I'm guessing you might be able to make other shapes too, you know, blobs or diamonds or, you know, something like that and have them behave like group AF does in the Nikon DSLR line, which is a nice feature. Um, And the Z, uh, not the Z, but the D6 and D5 had these extra groups, like these linear groups up in vertical bar, horizontal bar. You can move them around. So I think this is an evolution of that. And it seems like it's user definable, and you might be able to save like 20 of these things. So I want to see how they implement it. But it has a lot of potential.
1: Yeah. My hunch from what I've seen is it's like the Olympus system that where you've been able to customize your own patterns for several years and you can make, you know, square ones that are of different sizes. You can do rectangular ones, Mm -hmm. portrait or vertical different sizes and especially things like the strips. Yeah. uh, That cross the frame, whether they're, Horizontal, which I think are a little bit more useful, or vertical can be quite powerful things when combined with subject recognition. Yeah, um, I don't think twenty is necessary. <laughs> well, but but it's an yeah. easy thing to do. But at any rate, I think that's a nice feature, and yeah. I, I think that horizontal strip one in particular will be really useful for people.
0: That's my. Prediction. I think so too. Um, and even without subject detection, it could be quite useful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um another feature that is I think quite nice is that they're adding in the ability to have multiple focus recall options and then recall them either using a button on the body or if you have a lens with a function button using the lens function button now this is something that some lenses have had in the past you know where you can set a preset focus distance um this is the classic I'm focusing on the batter, but when the guy goes to steal second, I can push a button and now I'm focused on second base and I can get him sliding in. There's a classic example of that. Mm-hmm. We've talked about that before. This implies that you can save multiple positions. Um, either to the camera's function button or the lens function button. and so you you would need a lens that has said function button. Um, and then you can just press a button and it toggles your focus to that secondary point. That's a very useful feature for a lot of action photographers, and that's a great thing, I think. Mm-hmm. So you know that's a good thing. that's um a good innovation there. you know that's that's something that I'm not sure if anybody else is doing doing a lot of that. It's always been a lens thing before. so, Um, this is a cool integration with software in the camera. Um, something else that, um, now I'm going to jump down before we talk about some of these other ones, because, um, the, the Z nine has a function that I am very much a fan of, but it's not quite, um, perfect. It's not quite optimal. Um, and that is a setting uh, called recall shooting functions. It's a customization. It's something I describe at length in my ebook, because what it allows you to do is you can press a button and you can toggle everything in the, ca- like exposure frame rate, um, shutter speed, uh, you know, ISO subject detection, etc. And there was a few little bugs with it. Um, and it looks like Nikon is, is working those out and, and improving it. by by having the button be able to be the hold button or to the release button to use it. So you press the button, it changes, it toggles your settings to whatever you wanted, and then you press it again and it goes back to where your camera was set. And, And then this can be something as simple as just saying, you know, most of the time I'm shooting at, you know, six or eight frames per second, but I want to switch to 20 frames per second because there's some crazy action here. And so to be able to do that, is great but to be able to do that without having to continuously hold a button down is even better so that's an ergonomic improvement i
1: think those kind of features are extraordinarily important when you get into these very sophisticated autofocus systems Mm -hmm. and and trying to override them for special Mm -hmm. circumstances which you need to do you you need to be able to do that so I think that's great.
0: Well, I mean, the great thing about subject detection and tracking is that when it works, it's pretty amazing. But the bad thing about subject detection and tracking is that it can be fooled. And when it doesn't work, the next thing you know, you're not focusing on anything remotely resembling your subject. And so to have a way to toggle that on and off quickly. And go to something simple. Well, and not have to necessarily change patterns either. That's a nice, you know, it's a nice. Anyway, there's lots of ways that I actually talk about in my book on how to how to achieve that. They might just have gotten a little bit better and we'll know in a week. And so it looks like I'll be making some updates to my ebook.
1: That's what I was going to (laughs) say.
0: Yeah. So then there's another thing that we'll get back to. I'm going to go back up the list again. And that is they've added in the ability to unlock 120 frames per second refresh on the EVF. So it's sort of always been there in the background, but it's not been enabled. I don't don't ask me why, but this is one of those things that should make your EVF a better experience if you're shooting fast moving things. Um, because it's optional it suggests that there's reasons to disable it. (laughs) Probably what battery life, right, Rick? Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, so if you don't need it, it's and and I'll be the first one to say that I think the EVF and the Z9 is great. I mean, I didn't have any issues. So if they're making it better for action, hey, I'm happy with that as an owner. Um, You know, because these are important things. If that's how you're using the camera, um, it's one of those things that make the camera usable a few other little things they've done some stuff with a multiple exposure mode so i'll have to try that to test it um that that to me is interesting but not you know why i want the camera another thing they've added in is something that's actually been around in others for a long time and that's the uh the count up timer when you're using um uh the uh long exposure like bulb or or the timed exposure um so one of the things you can do with a lot of cameras now is they have the timer mode where you click the button once it starts it opens the shutter you press the button again the shutter release second time to close the shutter and so having that display of how many seconds it's been open is kind of nice um it it, uh, you know it again it's not something that makes the camera any any different in terms of the kinds of photos you can get but it is a nice feature yeah um then the rest of the stuff is just kind of tweaks, improving white balance, um, moving your focus points uh, faster or slower between points with I guess with the joystick. So these are enhancements. So that's all all good stuff.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, there
1: also were updates to the Z6 II and Z7. II
0: well, and this next. is what exactly where I was going to go. Oh. <laughs> yeah, and this is kind of. I don't want to rain on anybody's parade, but I, it was a very, shall we say, lackluster sort of buried at the bottom. By the way, we're going to offer an improvements to the Z6 and 7 Mark IIs, which, hey, that's good. And then I read what it was or mostly what it wasn't, and it was just a buried as an extra paragraph saying they've improved the algorithms in the auto area focus to av- avoid Accidentally focusing on backgrounds. And that's where okay. it began and ended. And then there's the sound of crickets. Yeah. And and that's the part that has me a little bit disappointed, I guess, because it's not that that autofocus feature is a bad thing. It's not. Um, you don't want to inadvertently focus on backgrounds. Um, frankly, that auto area mode is one of the least used for me. Now, there it does have some. Mm-hmm some use cases i I did figure out those use cases when I was sitting down for my z9 book but but you know they they, they tend to be um, more limited but you know it's not a bad thing but where is all the other stuff that they could have flowed down technology wise it's not being you know i I think if you if you are gonna sit here and say oh but Nikon will probably put more stuff in there that we just don't know I think you would be wrong because yeah. they would have said it. <laughs> <laughs> or they would have or they, said, would they, have already or they should it. have said yeah or or it would be here already so so i think anybody with a z6 2 z7 2 that's expecting some earth-shattering firmware um don't get your hopes up no. I, I suppose I, 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 I would love to be wrong here <laughs> right yeah, i mean I I, yeah. I I but i'm not seeing it um so you know i don't want to say i would be really ticked off if i were a z7 2 owner but i kind of wouldn't be happy about this
1: I, I would have stronger things. to I, say. I,
0: no, I know you would, and and and, and, and no, and and it, it, it and believe me, it crossed my mind uh, when I read I'm, it too. I'm being polite. So I, 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 I know, and I commend you on that. But yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just, but it's true. I mean, the Z7 and Z6 too, could be really great it's a cameras shame. if if they put some better firmware in them, and and so the message I'm hearing now is that. You're not going to get it. You're probably going to have to wait for a Mark III version, and we don't know when that will show up. Certainly not anytime soon, because they would have said that too. So yeah. I don't know. If you're a Z9 owner, this is a great thing. But if you're not, you're kind of in limbo land right now, and that's. I uh, will leave it at that, I guess. So, and um, I
1: just don't know how that works from a overall company health standpoint. I really don't.
0: Yeah, especially with the supply chain backlogs i mean i got an email from bnh just saying by the way if you ordered a z9 today you will be waiting several months to get one mm-hmm. you know that's not you know so i don't care what firmware comes out if you don't have the camera in your hand to use it doesn't really matter does it so anyway um but if you're one of those lucky people who owns a z9 already then hey life is 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 improved i mean i can't complain about the updates that's that's good stuff so yeah um anyway that's all the time we have for today um we'll be back again and we'll be on facebook at facebook.com slash image doctors and so if you have if you want to weigh in on why we're wrong (laughs) that nikon (laughs) is secretly developing firmware updates that are all you know hidden Um, they're just not telling us i would all for that so (laughs) feel free and i will respond by
1: Is this a really good communication strategy for the company (laughs) to be using? I I think I know the answer to that. Yeah. Well, if that were the case, but at any rate,
0: enough
1: negativity,
0: we will, I will, Hey, I'll be waiting for my firmware update and I'll be installing it. And we can talk about what actually happens in a couple of weeks when I've had a chance to play with it. So uh, until next time, happy shooting. All right. Bye-bye.